0: Hello world, from Octopost headquarters, this is Radically Transparent, Octopost's original podcast show on B2B marketing now. I'm Jennifer Gutman, Director of Social Strategy at Octopost, and in most episodes of this podcast, we'll feature B2B marketing leaders who will share their radically transparent truths behind being a modern day marketer and what it takes to grow ideas, take risks, and impact change. Joining me on this episode is Saif Fajani co-founder and CEO of Keyhole, a social media account monitoring and hashtag analytics software that effortlessly tracks hashtags, keywords, accounts, and URLs across social media. Saif, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks for having me, Jen. Excited to be here.
0: Absolutely. We're excited to have you. We've been waiting for this episode. Um, And what we also know is that Keyhole Social Listening, right, Ranges from brand and campaign monitoring to influencer marketing, and you're really taking the social listening world by storm. Being trusted by over 5,000 organization and marketers around the globe, uh, and just doing a little due diligence and looking at your LinkedIn profile, um, y- you have accomplished quite a lot. And we're gonna <laughs> we're definitely gonna talk a little bit about it today. Uh, and and I'm hoping maybe we can kick off you know, with some of your experience and impressive background, you know, as a member of Cornell's Entrepreneurship Advisory Council, a lot to speak about there um, and years of experience in the space. Would you be able to kick off and tell us a little bit about the backstory of Keyhole um, and how it came to be?
1: Yeah, happy to. So we've actually been around as an organization uh, and as a company since 2010 and launched Keyhole in 2013. Now in 2013, You'll recall, uh, social media was, you know, uh, a lot smaller than it is today, right? Um, Instagram, I'm not even sure had launched yet. Twitter had recently launched. Facebook didn't have kind of branded pages at the time, right? So it really was just coming uh, into its own as a as a growing channel. And what we realized and noticed um, was that it was really around this time that hashtags were exploding. Um, uh, you know, Chris Messina kind of branded this thing called a hashtag as something that people could use to anchor conversations around, uh, and, uh, almost as almost as topic uh, topics. And from, from trying to promote our previous uh, product, you know, we tried to track hashtags and it ended up being extremely difficult uh, to be able to do that at scale. You either, you know, you either needed to kind of subscribe to a massive product um, or you had to do it manually. And so how, you know, around that time when Starbucks is partnering with Amex to try and um, you know, use a hashtag so you can buy somebody uh, a coffee with a tweet. Like I could tweet at you and say, you know, tweet a coffee as a hashtag and you know, I would link up my Amex card and you would get a free Starbucks coffee. How do organizations track that at scale? Right? And it was actually extremely difficult and, and manual in a lot of ways. And when we tried to promote our last um, uh, company or product, it was uh, it, it was quite a chore. And so we thought, well, let's create a what we call the real time infographic, the track it. You know that evolved as as something that we did for ourselves into something that turned into a product because people real you know people love this real time infographic. We being entrepreneurs productized it and said, okay, well, if we benefited from it, maybe other um, uh, uh, marketers would as well. And and that was really how Keyhole started. Um, and then we continued to add uh, different parts to Keyhole. We, you know, we'll, we'll do, obviously go beyond hashtags now. So we'll, you know, we'll monitor all kind of brand mentions. We'll monitor URLs. We'll we'll go across multiple social networks. Uh, we're one of the few where a single dashboard, you can track Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, you know, YouTube, et cetera. Um, uh, across not just hashtags but keywords, URLs, um, uh, influencers. So we've continued to grow as you would expect the company to over time. Um, but that really is how we uh, how how our start came about.
0: Fascinating. And, and you know, just just thinking back two thousand thirteen, I think the other day when I was writing some tweets, I was actually googling, <laughs> you know, what are some of the most popular hashtags to be using on this day? And the hashtag has really come a long way as being you know, part of our, our modern culture. And I I think my, my grandmother even knows what a hashtag is today. So I think (laughs) it's it's really powerful, powerful stuff. So, so speaking of that, you know, kind of thinking about where social began and, you know, back, you know, we say, you know, Keyhole 2013, but I remember, I think it was Facebook that came about in 2004, 2005. How has the role of marketing evolved and changed over the years and especially kind of looking at the social listening aspect of it, where does that fall into play for the modern day marketer?
1: Well, I think over the years, what's really happened is it went from being one to many where you essentially marketing ended up being announcements, right? Marketing ended up being shouting, marketing at marketing was, um, uh, you know, sharing your opinion kind of with the world and not really, it didn't really matter what their opinion was, right? And and you see what socials done over time is that it's made it a two-way conversation. Um, it's really, it, it really isn't enough to say, this is what I think, it's important to understand what your target base thinks, what your customer thinks, and then to translate that into your message as well, right? Because that's the only way you'll resonate, your message will resonate with your audience. And, and, you know, you have to say that social has been the reason that happened, right? Uh, you know, before social, no matter what the channels were, whether it was a newspaper ad or a radio ad or a TV ad or emails for that matter, email marketing for that matter, it was one way, right? What social does is it turns it into a uh, two way, right? So that is Mustafa. He's saying, hi to you guys. <laughs> my my uh, newborn. Yeah. My little guy, newborn. Um, uh, so, so yeah. So I think that's that's what's changed over time, right? Um, and that's going to continue to change as 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 you know as as um, we think about the future. It's even going to go further that way, um, where now it becomes, um, I think, instead of one to one, it almost flips the script, right? Uh, and and says it's really going to be others who drive the message about you, rather than you driving the message about you. And we can certainly talk about kind of future trends, um, it, you know, as we as we continue. But that's how I've really seen it change uh, over time.
0: So yeah, so you mentioned, right, others determining or driving almost the the messaging about you. Um, And for me, that as a social media manager, I know that that's something that keeps me up at night, because in some ways, we don't have control over that world of social. So Saif, what keeps you up at night? When you're thinking about social, your role, um, you know, leading keyhole, and even the industry, what what is just keeping you up?
1: Um,
0: You know, one
1: is kind of broad social, the other is business specific, right? So when you think about broad social, um, it really it really is the same thing that's top of mind for a lot of um, others, which is the possibility Mm -hmm. of misinformation because the lack of verification of a lot of the information that's out there, right? So when things used to get published in other channels um, where it wasn't user-generated content, there was always a, an editor who would verify, should we put this out there or not, right? Is this accurate or not? Now, um, the possibility of uh, misinformation with user-generated content is, is so massive that it, it, you know the control's really taken away, not just from brands, but from the networks themselves. Right, I bet when the network started, that this isn't something they thought would happen. They thought they would control, they'd be, they would have the ability to control uh, the content that's on their networks. Um, but I think there's, it's a little bit of a runaway train now, right? Uh, um, where, where it's tough to stop that. So I think, you know, that's certainly one thing that keeps us up at night because when, when the platforms are at risk and the medium is at risk, then everybody in the ecosystem is at risk, right? Uh, both our businesses, Octopost and Keyhole rely so much on social being a positive force of influence um, which is why we all got into this space right um, that that uh, you know that's that was what we believed and what we trust this system is going to this these um, ecosystems are going to provide that that you know we all rely on it as an org- as organizations um, as a and as participants on the networks um, but but when there are uh, when the whole ecosystem is at risk we all end up being at risk right so it's kind of the opposite of rising tide lifting all ships it's the other way around in this case right that we all need to be worried about and 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 certainly that um, I wish wasn't true um, I don't know if it keeps me up at night but it certainly wish wasn't true right um uh, on the other you know and then the other things that keep me up at night are things like um you know platform risk right uh, you know, as we speak, there's antitrust cases going on, right, uh, for Google, for Facebook, you know, and their CEOs uh, being interviewed by Congress and others. And, um, and, and uh, the reality is that when we uh, rely so much on uh, other platforms, there's always kind of platform risk. Uh, so the ability of any one of the platforms to say, um, you know, we don't like, we're no longer going to offer other platforms Products to build on on top of ours, or other businesses to build on top of ours. We know some social networks have had that negative um, relationship with developers in the past. So I mean, things like that keep us up at night. Um, but you know, I have to say that um, I, I still believe I still believe in the um, the the good of social media, right? Um, and the good that it's going to provide. Um, uh, not just the business or the organizations or the ecosystem, but the world, right? Um, the reason we are able to engage with uh, presidents directly is because of platforms like social media yes, right, or, or social networks, right? Um, and so, and and movements start because of social media. Uh, you know, the reason we loved hashtags so much and we still do is because hashtags anchor conversations right hashtags anchor movements whether that movement is a brand movement or a social movement hashtags anchor it and so um, so we believe right I believe in this in the benefit of social media and and why we stay uh, committed to it and why we think that you know as you know as much as there are blips along the way and and all kinds of social histories have had blips along the way Mm-hmm. Um, the end will be good. And, and I think we're gonna, you know, we're going to see that
0: um, and, and it gives us some hope. I like your mindset uh, at Octopost. We often talk about how mindset skill set, and tool set are the three components that need to come together to really move an individual forward, to move an organization forward. You know, we talk a lot about digital transformation and those are the three tools kind of to, to push forward. Um, where would you say that the B2B space specifically, and I know you and I have had some interesting conversations about this, you know, not on the podcast, um, but the B2B space in terms of social listening is an interesting one. And I think it has a lot to do with the fact that B2C was just in the space first and thrived. And and for whatever reason, B2B has this track record of always being a few steps behind the B2C counterparts and and how to do social right. Um, can you help us understand? Because I know a lot of our audience are in the B2B space and we've, we've gotten a lot of questions around, Hey, we're B2B and we want to do social listening, but for example, our number one network is LinkedIn and we know the APIs, you know, are a little bit limiting there, or what should we be looking for? How do we shift our mindset to in essence think like a b2c or how how can we use social listening to help us in the b2b space
1: yeah i think um you know it's certainly true that historically and even today um social listening has has had more of a uh, or b2c organizations have had more of a focus on um social uh, social listening right and it makes
0: sense it makes a lot of sense it
1: makes a lot of sense because that's where the volume of conversations are to be able to give you insights Um, rather than uh, just relying on one or two and trying to one or two conversations and trying to make decisions based on it. So, so historically it makes, makes a ton of sense. I do think that um, it shifts because people are starting to realize that when you're doing B2B, although the second is still, you know, the second B is, is a business, it still is a person inside a business. There you go. Right. And so, and so, um, when you're trying to understand people and influence people, it, it's still people, right? Um, and so, and and that exists on social media, and you can still get those same insights and have that same influence on social media because as much as the other side might be an Amazon, it's really a person at Amazon who's trying to make a decision, right? And so there's really three things we've seen B2B organizations um, start to do well, um, thinking of, you know, using social listening. The first is we've actually seen some success identifying prospects. Really? Um, So when people are talking about your products, your competitors, or your industry, and you engage with it, Mm -hmm. um, it actually helps you um, uh, identify prospects extremely well because as you engage, it becomes easier to um, understand their needs, to ask them about their needs, to ask them what they're using today, uh, and see if you might be able to help. Right. And we've seen this um, across social networks, um, uh, you know, and that's existed on Twitter, that's existed on the, you know, as much as we say, like social, you know, LinkedIn is certainly tough from an API perspective (laughs) Um, by, by even by engaging and sharing content there and then saying, uh, and then finding ways to engage the people when you help them. So how do you help people at scale? and then engage them when you're helping them. I think that, you know, uh, as you engage them, it started, become, started becoming easier to turn them into prospects, right? Um, and so, you know, B2B, com- uh, you know, organizations love to make decisions based on hard dollars, ROI, and it turns out that there's actually a positive ROI game here when you're doing um, social listening, uh, even for B2B. Uh, the second is it helps you develop a product roadmap, right? So if you understand what, your target audience is talking about, is worried about, um, and wants wants to see from their from the industry moving forward, it actually gives you a ton of insights on how to prioritize things. I'll give you an example of how we've used it, right? We've used it as uh you know eating our own dog food. We know that when people talk about influencer marketing, by just following the trends around influencer marketing, it becomes easier for us to understand. Where are organizations going with influencer marketing? What platforms are they going to? What is it that they're worried about in influencer marketing? So, in influencer marketing, people are worried about authenticity. People are worrying worried about not hiring influencers who are tone deaf, especially during COVID. Not hiring influencers who might be who might not be respectful of social movements like Black Lives Matter. So, when we know that these um, concerns exist for businesses uh, who are hiring influencers. Uh, we know that we can, um, put out either messaging or content or shift our product roadmap towards those concerns and alleviating those con- concerns, right? So it's a very real example of how an, a business can listen on social media and then develop roadmaps and content and strategies around what they're hearing. And the third is really understanding shifting trends, right? Um, uh, now more than ever, things shift right uh organize you know um, uh, trends are shifting along every industry
0: i think we've heard one of we... the 2020 the the famous uh everything has pivoted right Shifting.
1: right right <laughs> the theme of 2020 Whether, you know in 2020 move within a matter of months uh, every trend has moved 3 years 5 years forward right mm-hmm. if not more right and so um uh how, how do you keep up, keep on top of that if you're going to live in your own ec- uh, echo chamber, right? If you're only going to, um, even if you're only going to listen to your prospects, right, or your customers, like ultimately, if you're thinking about where the industry is going to be five years from now, you're not going to get it um, just listening internally. You you have to listen outside, right? And so, um, social listening provides that, um, and that's even more uh, impact for B2B because those decisions are five-year, ten-year decisions versus B2C sometimes are six month decisions, right? Uh, so you know, In B2C, you often care about what's gonna be true about your consumer base six months from now because you need to make the sale for, you need to start product planning for next summer, yeah. <laughs> right, uh, if you're a fashion brand, right? Versus uh, in B2B, when it comes to whether it's technology companies or others, you're trying to see, okay, well, what is AI going to do? What are, you know, if, if now I can, I can have articles write themselves with some of the new AI technologies that are out there. If I can have tweets write themselves, because there are some technologies out there. If I can, um, if there is deep fakes out there where where videos can show uh, certain people doing things when it wasn't those people, right? Um, And so if those trends are happening, that might not materialize today or tomorrow, but you need to plan for things that are going to happen five years from now. Um, right as, a, as an organization and so those are the kind of things that social listening does that sometimes you can't do if you're not uh, paying attention outside.
0: No I think that that's a very valid point that you bring up about the roadmap that's actually something I never even thought about um, because it's much more behind the scenes and then you kind of take a look even for product marketing I think it becomes even more valuable and interesting. Right. Yeah. Um and speaking of influencers, so I'm just looking here and our, our time is winding down. So I do have a few more questions for you. But one I was actually that popped up when we started speaking about influencer marketing are, you know, who who are some of the influencers or micro influencers in the field that you follow or that you could rec- recommend us to keep our eyes on their social channels that are doing big things? And, and, uh, yeah, it, was just, it just popped into my mind, as you said, influencer marketing,
1: yeah, look, I think uh, it's, uh, um, I, I don't know if there's like two or three. What I do is that I, I do follow topics a lot as okay. much as I follow influencers, right? So whether it's about marketing or technology or social media, um, you know, uh, there are certainly the um, uh, the influencers who I can think of that, that might be like a Lee Auden and kind of B2B influencer uh, type marketing um, mm-hmm. uh Leaders, um, and there are others, um, whether it's on product or on influencers. So I, you know, I don't know if I pinpoint one, two, or three people who I kind of uh, do. I've got, I've got like others, a Twitter list of people that that uh, posts just show up from, right? Um, but in terms of uh, publications, I certainly think, uh, you know, um, uh, Lee Auden is and in, in his and in his uh, agency's publication is is a, a really great one. I think um, uh, social media today, social media examiner, I think these social media focused, uh, you know, what are blogs, but really are at scale publications. They're as big as as uh, many news organizations, right? I think they're certainly staying on top of it. And then it goes to what forward uh, technologies are, right? So it really is, you know, if you want to pay attention to what the forward technologies are, it almost uh, makes sense to step away from the social media echo, echo chamber and social media publications and blogs. And say, okay, well, what are the what are the um, Y-combinators, the Hacker News, the um, uh, the others kind of talking about, right? The tech crunches and the bashables of the world, right? Um, and and sometimes uh, they will report, you know, there's certainly a lot of uh, brand brand promotion and company promotion in there, but at the same time, there's also a lot of kind of technology forward-looking things, um, and so. Uh, whether it's kind of VC blogs um, or others, uh, they're really helpful in trying to see what the future of technology is going to look like, uh, not just the present, and certainly not just social media.
0: Totally. And and what's interesting, so you know, in the beginning of our conversation, we spoke a little bit about that that fear, of, you know, how to make sure to kind of trust verify that whatever source you are following, you know, is the real deal or is is not the fake news, if you will. Um, so I like how our conversation came a bit full circle there. Um, with that too, you know, I know for myself, I'm constantly on social media as a marketer. You know, we talk a lot at Octopost about social media. I'm sure your team as well. Um, would you say with, with the kind of the role social media has taken that email is dead?
1: I don't think so. I think email is extremely powerful. I think email, uh, still um is as uh is as powerful more powerful give or take uh as social now it might not be at scale but the ability to get into somebody's um uh, view is quite high with email versus with social there's almost so much noise that it's easy to get drowned out so i do think despite being a social kind of focused company i think as a marketer uh we you know it, it's important to continue to uh, leverage platforms that are working well, um, and 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 there are certain certain ones that don't, right? Like there are certain platforms that used to work extremely well, um, and now they don't, whether that's kind of display ads or, or others. Um, uh, but but when it comes to email, I do think email, if you've got access, if you've developed a relationship it really comes down to relationships. And I think email is one where if you develop the relationship and trust, um, then that actually um, allows you to influence people or helps you influence people, excuse me, um, uh, even more than social sometimes. And so, you know, when I think about the future, the future I think is all about relationships and communities. Um, and we're gonna see more of that as first party data for, uh, for you know, or third party data for like advertising and things um, start disappearing. It really is going to come down to what communities have you already built. Sometimes those communities are, are on social media, but sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's um, uh, on email, right? And so, um, if you can if you can build the communities now, you should. And then, uh, and then what the future will allow and is is leveraging these
0: communities for um, a bit of a, a higher access. Fantastic. So I think it's all about if I could just kind of frame that up. Um, kind of an integrated strategy with, with taking a little bit from everywhere, you know, socially listening, but maybe even a, incorporating that into your email strategy so that everything is building relationships, connected, understanding one another. Um, and, and my last question for you, Saif, so we, we've definitely had a guest appearance from your newborn, which I've loved throughout the episode. So we know that. <laughs> uh, we know you're a mastermind in mathematics um, and doing great things at Keyhole and we're proud partners and proud to be partnered with Keyhole. What's something that you can tell the listeners that we cannot find on your LinkedIn profile about yourself?
1: Hmm. You know, I don't know. I don't know if I'm <laughs> gonna be able to find something on the spot. What I would say is that, you know, this isn't something that I've put actively on LinkedIn. But I would say, other than uh, the two things that you've heard about uh, here today, which is one being keyhole and the other being uh, family life, which is you know two kids and and uh, and a newborn, (laughs) including a newborn, um, uh, I would say the third the third thing that uh, I've been kind of quite actively involved with is uh, being engaged with the community. Right? I think uh, no matter who is listening or who we are, ultimately, if we're only focused on you know home and work, I think there's a lot lost, right? Um, and I think what uh, whether that community is your neighborhood, whether that community is your cultural organizations, whether it's others, um, finding a way to kind of engage with civil society is really what drives uh, communities forward, right? Um, and so uh, I've been able to be lucky enough to find time and opportunity for that. Uh, Uh, and and, uh, I'd encourage others to do the same
0: amazing I think that's some valid and sound advice especially as you know uh, you can hear from my accent I'm American and we're entering into kind of a an interesting new time and I think finding your community is some something great uh, way to end our our podcast so I hope everyone listening has their community outside of work and outside of family that they can enhance Um, and lastly Saif I know that this was a great interview. Uh, Where can people find more information about you, about Keyhole, Um, Can LinkedIn, or blogs? Is there any publications? Where where can we learn a little bit more and and find out a little bit more?
1: Yeah, so I'm pretty active on uh, LinkedIn. You can certainly find me by name Um, on Twitter. I'm safe underscore Ajani. You reach out there or directly by email. It's just safe at keyhole.co um, I look forward to hearing from people. Amazing. Like
0: <laughs> <again>. <laughs> amazing. So thank you so much for joining us. And we look forward to many more conversations ahead.
1: Thanks so much, Jen. This has
0: been great. Thanks for listening. I'm Jennifer Gutman, your host and director of social strategy at Octopost. For more incredible episodes, be sure to follow our channel. b be marketing now, wherever you get your podcasts.